You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. In this issue, we take it easy and get back to basics. Modern folk artist Michael Hagen of Oak Top takes the northbound train. We discuss the current COVID condition of conventions in the movie industry. Mark McRae walks us through the intersection where art meets commerce. And we weigh the pros and cons of Karen while I drop the latest WTLK. Lightning lead, roll the thunder. Thunder talk. Nothing's been the same since issue 24. I keep having these recurring dreams. We're all in New York fighting the mad titan of podcasting's army. Wheatley just went in through the wormhole with a nuke sent by the United Nations of podcasting because they didn't trust us to get the job done. And every Chitauri that I fight has Dan's head on it. And he's all like... Oh, you twisted my arm into getting into Thunder Talk. You just bugged me and bugged me and bugged me. And every night I would just like, I'm sorry, I thought you were actually serious with this. And then eventually I just came to grips with it. Uh, being like, well, you know what? I'm not the god of hammers. I'm the god of getting shit done. There it is. There, there you it go. is. And then you got yeah. shit done. Then you got shit done. Yeah. Own it. The most terrifying thing about that entire dream is Dan's face on every Centauri. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like that it, is horrifying. <laughs> it's like an army that's not only trying to kill you, but trying to make you feel guilty about creating a great thing with him. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I, in essence, you know, I. I just did what uh, Tommy Lee did to Vince Neil when, you know, they formed Motley Crue because, you know, Tommy just kept going after Vince over and over again. It was just like, hey, man, we can do this great thing. Or, you know, you can just spend the rest of your life playing in shitty 70s glam rock cover bands and doing shit coke. Hey, hey. <laughs> or you can get or you can get rich and drive Lamborghinis while doing real coke in the Lamborghini. Hey, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't complaining. I mean, I'm just a. That's not far from the truth. Look, I'm just a surly prick. Okay, that was my way of of giving you much love. <laughs> All right, if you knew me by now, you would know that you little shit. I know, but I really wanted to do this Iron Man three skit. Okay. Oh yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Exactly. And now that we've gotten through our obligatory Avengers reference as detailed in all our contracts, somebody say something funny. I'm Dan. I look like the Unabomber. <laughs> I kind of do. I kind of do. Uh, however, uh, Kavika yeah. pointed out one difference. The difference is, um, so for our listeners, Dan just looks like a, disc- I don't know, like a homeless Santa <laughs> in, in some way. <laughs> Like neighborhood homeless guy who could yeah. be Santa if he like cleaned his act up. Yeah, but he does kind of like have like the uh, the creepy uncle mustache. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, because it's dark. It just it just stands out because you know the rest of your beard is very gray. 
the mm-hmm. the crunkle look, creepy uncle. Yeah, well, I, sh- I shaved my head <laughs> yeah. completely, and I left a big ass southern fried mustache, and yes. then I don't know what you'd call it. Like it, it's it's bigger than a, like a douche patch. Yes, you know what I, mean? I mean, but it, it's like if you don't dress up like Colonel Sanders I mean, this year, yeah. I I don't know. What I don't want to. I don't want to name branded, but yeah, I, I look like a I look like a meth yeah. cooking Colonel Sanders. Yeah, right now. So yeah, Walter White and Colonel Sanders had a baby <laughs> making meth I chicken. It's less offensive than calling me the Unabomber, to be honest with you. Oh, I mean, the Unabomber was really smart person. Thank you. Statistic and evil. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But very intelligent. I'll take it where I can get it. Yeah. I mean, you could do some really good cross-branding this Halloween. Yeah, Colonel Sanders as the Hamburglar. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, I always go as the Hamburglar every year for Halloween. I just, I change it up a little bit every time. How about uh, Richard Simmons and Hamburger Burglar Crossover? That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. We're like a little striped tank top and some black shorts. Oh my God. Teeny tiny shorts. Start like shove a burger in somebody's mouth and then immediately yank it back out and give them shit for it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you could have a little like uh, burger outline bedazzled on your tank top. Yeah. It'd be fancy. That'd be good. Oh, you fancy. You fancy burglar. So it's another week. Uh, how's everybody doing? Well, I think before we go any further, I need to let the Thunderverse know that I got a message from a friend of mine today on Instagram. Oh, yeah? Well, it's it's not like a creepy message. I mean, but you did say friend. No. So <laughs> no. What do you got? Shout out. Shout out to my homie, Payne. It is D-Payne on Mixer. He's been listening to Thunder Talk and yeah. he said, hey, Beth. I don't know what thing you check more, but I just wanted to mention that I really enjoyed the latest podcast. The Thunderverse interviews were really neat to listen to. Keep up the good Bam. work. Yes. Oh. Bam. Yes. Thank you, Payne. Oh, Thank Payne. you very much. I love we... you. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I got to meet Payne at Pack South. He's a great guy. But of course, I'd been following him on uh, Mixer for a long time before that. And he's really an awesome dude. That's awesome. Hell yeah. yeah. You know, I knew that episode almost killing me was worth it. Yeah, that was a that was a rough episode for uh y- y'all. I mean it's ambitious it, as f- the, the all the technical difficulties that went into producing that episode. Oh, but the way were... we pulled it out though. Yeah, would you say? <laughs> Dan, yeah. I have to I have to admit, Dan, I laughed at you for making a promo before the episode was finished. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, why did he make the promo when the episode yeah, was finished? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a street walking cheetah with a heart full of napalm, baby. I got to keep moving. I'm a shark. Just gotta. That was a good promo, though. I, I thought Thanks. that was one of my favorite Thanks. promos so far. Sam. I mean, it. I it really comes together when we actually have like musical guests and stuff, and a lot of different uh, voices and different perceptions, uh, different opinions. That I like was that. in stereo. So. Stereo. Yeah. yeah. We are now in stereo, everybody. When it comes to us talking, like, who gives a shit? But when it comes to the music, maybe some other gimmicks we'll pull out of our hats down the line. Just stereo is more legit. I absolutely, at least for 
you know, for the music. music yeah, so stuff. all the bands coming on now are yeah. going to be able to be heard as intended, which is uh, is important. in their high fidelity. That's right. That's right. Now yeah. I want them to talk to be something. Somebody be proud to drop the needle on their hi-fi. Sit back with a glass of go. high-end port. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe undo today. their neckerchief a bit. Kick up their kick up Ooh. their feet and relax. <laughs> I know, but we're talking <laughs> all about the triglycerides. But I'm sitting here today. You know, a possible sponsor. You know, uh, what, what am I drinking? Uh, Woodford Reserve. If you would like to sponsor Ooh. us with your. Uh, you know, thundertalkpodcast so. at gmail.com. We will drink your scotch in exchange for your money. Yes, or more, sir. Or this more is, this scotch. This one's bourbon. This, we we this, will drink your bourbon, bourbon this time. in exchange for your money or more <laughs> bourbon. <laughs> My kids, dude, are the ages seven. They're seven and thirteen, and they're both. They've both been running around lately, like saying shit, like in in Mother Russia, Pokemon catches you and stuff like that. It's like, oh my god, okay, Yakov Smirnoff, where the hell are my kids getting this stuff? I literally made a meme of a picture of a friend of mine the other day and wrote on it: "In Soviet Russia, meme becomes you. <laughs> in ESO network." podcast becomes you in mother russia eso becomes you <laughs> eso network joins you yeah you said it funnier the first time i'm sorry i didn't mean to run your joke into the ground you ruined I it. it i killed it hey go uh, to your room <laughs> old beth belittles me because i deserve it why don't you good listeners out there go ahead and check out uh, one of these shows from the eso network Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. So what are we talking about tonight, everybody? I'm pretty, I'm pretty drained from last time. Yeah. I, you, you did a lot of work. Um, I don't know anything. So we do have a possible bit of news. Um, I'm sure many of our listeners already know this. There has been some, some new information possibly about dragon con. We don't know for sure. It's more of a rumor mill of will there be a permit will there not be a permit because uh there's been some type of city order release saying yeah. that there might not be a dragon call well, mark so. and i were, were up on that following all that as it was happening and yeah the dragon con parade was canceled and you're like well who canceled it well it was the city not the convention that canceled the parade the city would have full jurisdiction over the parade, it being out on public land, out in the street. As of right now, the convention is still going on, from what yeah. I know. Just not the parade, because the, the parade goes through everything. And and really, the parade brings in a lot of people that don't even attend the convention. Exactly. Yeah, I was talking to Mark about this. So many thousands of non-ticket holders show up from all all points of Atlanta to see just the parade. It, it's it's actually a big, it's a wider city event than just the convention itself. Uh, that's something the city has the power to do in terms of 
closing down the convention itself, which is by and large held on private property. Yeah. There is at the very least a much bigger can of worms to dig through. We want to be really careful about all of this. A lot of a lot of people's livelihoods, millions of dollars yeah, is wrapped is, up into something like this. And this is all speculation. I mean, we, we all speculation. And you know, and, and Dragon Con is near and dear to our hearts. Yes, and it, it's it is it is our mecca. We owe our show Dragon Dragon yeah. Con. Yeah. Absolutely. When we look at other conventions, there was a convention earlier this year. Uh, Treklanta that kind of had to go up to the last minute because of the, the contracts, and you have these government advice, you know, hard advisements, but not actual laws mandates, that they're putting into yeah. place. Mandates, especially in a place like Georgia. <laughs> Georgia, Georgia. You know, there's a lot of interests at play who are all looking at the same data. But possibly coming to different conclusions, different conclusions unfolding in real time, you know, because here we are sitting like, what the hell? Where are the announcements? What's the plan? Well, what? Today is May 6th. Mm -hmm. You know, this thing is supposed to be September 1st during an event that is unprecedented in modern times here in America. Uh, I am. I I remain ever optimistic. You know, the the position of... uh, ESO Network, I'd say our position here at Dragon Talk is until the world stops spinning, we continue on as though it's it's meant to do so. We would be remiss not to say that the parade has been canceled by the city, which is, uh, like uh, Kavika just said, their, their purview. How will social distancing work with conventions? Uh, I mean, you could kind of get that, get away with it in certain things. You you can so you can force social distance, maybe like vendor areas or the Walk of Fame. You only allow so many people through the door. Everybody's supposed to maintain certain distances, which you know that's kind of difficult. But Dragon Con, from what I can see, is set to go off as it has always gone off. Uh, a a gathering of at this point eighty five thousand plus people mm-hmm. within a few city square blocks. I mean, you look at last cons, uh, their Saturday take put them up at above estimated above a hundred thousand guests. There are so many people that have like lifetime memberships and stuff. If you just were to consider the lifetime memberships and stuff, yeah, if you consider the people who drop. Twenty five hundred bucks, or something like 2, that. Twenty five hundred bucks gets you a lifetime ticket to, to Dragon Con. For those of you uh, would would be in a position for that, yeah, I would always suggest something like that. You're going to save your money in the long run, and Just it always stay that, healthy, and, and that always goes up. Keep your triglycerides down. <laughs> what could potentially happen, as opposed to the con running the days in September where it's scheduled, an alternate to that could be reschedule. January, February, whenever. A rescheduling of the con. Your tickets are safe. Your hotel reservations are safe. You're locked in. You're frozen in. The hotel thing is going to be the the hardest part. Well, that's, oh my God, that would be a whole other basket of worms. Yeah, the hotels have ultimate save, whether they would refund or allow anything. Well, and it's it's the Hunger Games, man, trying to get those rooms. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. You know, thankfully, I'm down with some really awesome people. Who are connected and and they're they're sort of ballers in the hotel room uh, aspect. 
really great people, and we have a really sick suite. It is a nice suite. This year. I mean, yeah, you saw it last year. Yeah, yeah got the same I mean, thing. It's, it's yeah. smells like Warlocks, but it's a nice suite. But, but you know, Warlocks can smell pretty good. <laughs> Mark and I didn't smell anything. Mark and I thought the place smelled fine. Y'all got to, yeah, going to have to go through hell trying to get those rooms again. Unless they keep the rooms. See, it's not just the con itself. And then you have the the talent, the guests. Those are one-on-one relationships you know, times 100 or so. Where are their schedules? You know, what are they up to? What's what's uh, is Carl Urban going to be available in February? Can can he can he can we bump Carl Urban to February? You can absolutely bump Carl Urban. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of the guests, it's not like they're able to film right now and do a lot of their normal work, or if they are, it's very limited. So they're available. Anytime your life, you know, it, it's all a gamble, right? You could do all the right things. I've known the absolute best humans, healthy people, and then just, you know, something happens. So life is never guaranteed. So in that vein, I mean, people are usually willing, you know, to risk their future possibility of health to do something that brings them such enjoyment such you know this this is their thing right so hey you know i'm not gonna lie whenever i leave my house i'm wearing gloves i'm putting hand sanitizer on the gloves every three four minutes i'm wearing a mask over a mask uh, an n95 over a surgery or under a surgical mask I, i don't fuck around well, that's good. Like, I mean, rarely. And I'm like, I have a spray with me where I spray the doors I'm about to touch. I have Clorox on me. Again, I've got the sanitizer wipes. All of that, speaking to where my mindset is in terms of survival through the era of COVID, a big part of me when thinking about Dragon Con and being there at Dragon Con, I find myself going, okay, how do I do this? How do I do this as safely as possible? Because the option of not going, I, I'm just not, I'm not processing that yet. I don't want to think about that. I'm not sure I got the answer. if I have the ability not to. Bubble Boy. If anybody's ever seen this movie, Bubble Boy's the answer, people. John Travolta. The John <laughs> no, Travolta no. movie. in the bubble. No. Bubble Boy. <laughs> yes. Two different movies. Yes. Dude, I would, and you know what I would do though? I would put a Hamburglar outfit on underneath <laughs> oh, it. Oh God! <laughs> there you go. I mean, oh, you could God. break so many walls. You could, you could do a costume inside a costume. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, mind dog. blown. Thunder Talk exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey there, Thunder Faithful. We have a real, real treat for you tonight. Uh, my good friend Michael Hagen, aka Oaktop, is joining us in the studio. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing real good, man. Excellent, excellent. Tell us, uh, just tell us a bit about your music. Uh, it's a little bluegrassy. It's got some bluegrass and some folk. I haven't played music since I was 17. Kind of grew up on punk and stuff like that, and then I graduated to like bluegrass 
and folk about like eight years ago more bluegrass last uh three to four years but um mm-hmm. i really like it a lot it's kind of my thing <laughs> yeah well you said you were kind of started out with with punk and whatnot what what got you into the bluegrass uh i was really into folk for a long time and then um i heard a couple good like folk bands or folk punk bands which is basically bluegrass um one of them was uh a fair put surrender okay and um they really inspired me a lot to go more towards bluegrass and then i uh, started a different bluegrass band and now i've kind of branched off into my own but still with that band you know all, all the good stuff Excellent. Now, 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 in terms of folk, who who inspired you there? Uh, wow. Um, right. Well, uh, the newer. It's band, like you want me to go, you want me to go all Pete Seeger. You want me to get all Dylan on you. I mean, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's kind of a big ass question. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, Bob Dylan for sure was a big influence, along with like modern day folk, with like the Fleet Foxes and um, Doctor Dog. There's just so many good folk bands from back in the day, and even now, it's amazing. Can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, from where I'm standing, it feels like we're seeing a real resurgence uh, in an interest in in folk and stripped down country, bluegrass. Uh, you've got performers that are kind of mashing up, uh, you know, folk and punk right now. Yeah, you know, like Bradley Palermo uh, going all the way back to Harley Poe and all of that. Yeah, um, where uh, where does Oak Top fit into all this? The whole point is to bring back, like, at least in my my idea, is to bring back traditional bluegrass with a little more songwriting influence with punk to make it quick, but also not like real grimy, you know. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, modern sensibility, but still taking it back to its roots. Exactly. Very cool. I've been checking you out on Bandcamp. Everyone should be checking you out on Bandcamp. Uh, the one track I've been blasting particularly is Northbound Train. Uh, what's uh, what? Let's, let's let's hear a little bit of a what what started all that. Um. Well, I wrote Northbound Train for my girlfriend. It was about my girlfriend and how. Just the love that we have is kind of like that, you know, it's kind of like real quick and um, trustful. I feel like it's our, our love's intense and it's awesome. And mm. so, um, but it also, when I wrote it, it was about her. But when I began to play it over and over again, it reminded me of the love of my aunt and my uncle who have passed. Um, right. So it was really important me to keep uh keep that in context as well wow okay so there's a lot 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 going on yeah poured into northbound train excellent yeah excellent we'll be hearing that in a second everyone uh a couple of quick questions if you've got the time michael Mm -hmm. of course Uh, how are you uh, handling this this new now COVID and all that as as a musician it's real interesting because on the flip side uh like uh, uh the positive side is you have more time to write you have more mm-hmm. time to expand on your your talent of playing guitar or 
whatever you do, play banjo, play bass, you know. And uh, I feel like on the, obviously, the downside is there's not really a lot of music stores open. <laughs> and no. there's not really, um, I mean, obviously, everybody's going through not having a job. And um, it's it's hard, man. It's really hard for um, a lot of people. And um, mm. I'm just trying to get by with playing as much music as possible um at my home obviously so right right getting it done while you've got the time yeah i've been trying to up our podcast game i just uh, converted the show over to stereo just so our musical guests can be heard the way they're supposed to be heard oh awesome and yeah yeah it was cool took took forever damn near killed me but i think <laughs> uh i think if i wasn't quarantined it would have uh, may never have happened so wow. you know, doing doing what we got to do, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a good time to uh, refine. That's right. That's right. Refine, reassess, reevaluate. Yep. Redo, re-up, level up. I like bling, it. Bling. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. So, what are your plans moving forward uh, musically? You know, after after we're all able to go outside again, what uh, what 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 are what, what's the future of Oak Top look like? Oak Top looks to see tours. I'm trying to tour. I'm trying to, uh, after this gets all done with, I'm going to try to schedule a lot of shows. I'm in Humboldt County, California, so okay. I'll probably go up the West Coast. I would love to make it down to the East Coast and really work my strings there. That'd be great. Um, I am already working on a new album, so that's good. And Excellent. Uh, I'm just trying to keep this going as long as possible, you know? Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was going to say in between the twangs and the plucks, I could definitely hear that California in there. <laughs> awesome. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> oh, real quick. I just wanted to give a big shout out to um, Amanda Bones and uh, Health Bay Management. Um, they've done a real good job with me and everything like that. Well, oh, yeah. Definitely shout out to Amanda Bones. She and I went back and forth to make this happen. Lovely person. with uh, That's Health Pay Management. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, Michael Oaktop, where where can everyone find you? How can we give you our money for your sweet jams? Money wise, you can go to a bandcamp.com and it's oaktop.bandcamp.com. And then you can go to Spotify and follow and Facebook, um, all searching Oaktop. And then with Instagram, it's um, underscore um, Oaktop. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right, everybody coming at you. Uh, this is Oak Top, Northbound Train off of their Lonesome Grain album out on Bandcamp now. Go give them all your money. Uh, without further ado, Northbound Train.
we are in Nerdlanta. We got these filters. I think they're called pea poppers. That's, oh, that's, for that's exciting. Peas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for popping all the peas. Sweaty balls and pea poppers. Can a podcast be a reboot? Oh, God, Absolutely. yes. The next generation. That's awesome. We are highly highly calculated at a late hour. You know, it's just always fun to talk about geeky stuff. And Atlanta is the place to do it. I guess that's it. We played the promo. That was an awesome promo. Hey, everybody. Dan's taking a break. You guys can keep recording. I just want to let the audience know. Uh, yeah, you can relax. I'll be gone for a minute. Okay, everybody, this this is the opportunity to actually get in your own thoughts. So, Adam, tell us, regale us with all of your wisdom. What 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 movies are going to be coming out when I would love to go to a movie theater in my lifetime again? So, when can I expect to do that in Georgia? Well, you oh, can what? start watching all these movies at um, at this time at a WTLK o'clock. So I did see something where it w- maybe it was Regal or something released uh, some type of streaming thing. They had Jamie Lee Curtis hosting it, mm. and, and like she was doing a couple different um, movies, and so it was like a, a video thing. You know where you could go and you could stream it. She, you know, she was giving a little uh, commentary and stuff. So I, I wonder if that's going to be something that um, other movie theaters will do in the future. Oh yeah, and I've seen what you're talking about. I haven't gotten into it, but I've seen it in some of the emails I've gotten where they're playing like Hunger Games or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all things that they probably were able to pick up the streaming rights for fairly cheap because they've been out for a while kind of thing. Streaming's been the way to go for a while now, and these days it's like the only th- way to go now. I kind of wonder, because of all this, movie theaters were going in a direction recently uh, to where they're doing assigned seating in some type of nice reclining lounge chair. I wonder if in the future theaters are going to be planned for smaller audiences, but a more of a luxury, you know, personal feel instead of huge theaters trying to pack in as many people as possible. Well, there's two little trains of thought about that because assigned seating has been getting rolled out mainly because the, uh, theater company from the uk that bought regal a couple years ago cineworld they do that over in their theaters in the uk but i can't really see them ever trying to go smaller because it seems like at the very least like the theaters are just really trying to flex up and all that and just be like bigger everything bigger sound bigger auditoriums bigger screens blah 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 so we we had we had this a group called warren the warren theaters it was started in kansas and they did more of a luxury thing. So where you would have big stadiums and stuff, but then they would do like balcony seating over the top of these big stadiums. And then they would bring you alcoholic beverages and your steak dinner and everything. And they bring it out to you. And then they even went a step further later on. They did some really small personal theaters with like maybe 30 people. But then each one of those seats had like reclining chairs and all this stuff and it was made so you could 
you could eat and drink and, and enjoy. So we're seeing that trend here. I wonder when that will like happen other places or maybe we were just like, since we have a, you know, we don't have as many people as say like Georgia. I wonder if it was like more of a test. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Assigned seating will probably catch on honestly in like a few years or so, but it's very much not being well received by a lot of people because, you know, change, but you know, yeah, just give it some time. And eventually the masses will accept our control. I mean, our assigned seating. <laughs> so what, one of the things that I like about assigned seating is uh, Beth and I, we're kind of planners, right? At least a half hour before the theater, I'm there. <laughs> and it drives everyone nuts. But, you know, we've got the hidden soda and candy. Yeah. We've already purchased the ticket. We're, we're there because we don't want bullshit seats. Yes. Man. I, well, I don't so- want those bullshit seats. Like, so we will go in and even like a month before the show, it could be the latest Star Wars or Star anything a month before the latest show that we want to see. We'll go in and we'll buy those perfect right middle where all the sound and all the video looks just the best. And then you don't need to break your neck getting to the theater on time. (laughs) We don't, you know, you you know, you know what seats you have. Yeah, I'm about that assigned seating. Same. I like it too, but I also do kind of like the thrill of preparing for that big old night, just dropping by QT before going to see Spider-Man Far From Home. (laughs) True. RPX life. True, true. Yeah, we're also not the people to walk in at the last minute either, though, Mm -hmm. even when we do buy tickets ahead of time. Yeah. Like if I get to a theater and if the showing is in 20 minutes and I'll ask, you know, what's your... What capacity are you at? And they're like, oh, we're at 80 plus capacity. I'll be like, well, then f*** it. Give me the tickets for the hour later showing. And I'll loiter. <laughs> like you And did. be the first one. Like, I'll find where the line is and I'll make sure I'm the first one in it. So what, what, what is interesting is for a while, you'll, you'll hear some type of media or you'll, you'll see an article or something. Uh, at the theater is kind of dying. But then here, they're always building a new theater. I think we're actually getting an Alamo Draft House. It's beer, beer and movies, it's right? It's beer, food, and movies, assigned yeah. seating. It's uh, intended for an older audience, obviously, because of the alcohol. But- it's 21st century dinner theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So that 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 was that was our uh, <laughs> that was right our, right our Dan Dan has gone for a cigarette break tangent. And now all the Thunder Faithful are just bummed that they can't go out anymore. (laughs) I know. You know, we still have a couple drive-thru movies, movie theaters, and they were one of the first things that kind of opened. You know, they were like, hey, we're able to, everybody can social distance in your vehicle bring bring your uh beverages and everything and come watch a movie with us and social distance you know so that was that's pretty cool that is pretty cool that's pretty cool and and, you know if you have a newer vehicle you have a great sound system right you know Mm -hmm. when we were up in uh san jose had a an awesome drive-in theater a few years back we were up there with our with our new car and we were able to open the trunk and fold the seats back to where the kids could totally 
like put down sleeping bags and all of that and a big old bucket of popcorn and the wife and I sat outside on some folding chairs. It was it was good stuff. That's yeah. awesome. The movies, most of the movies sucked. Uh, I, had to, I had to watch. <laughs> I had to watch. That, I had to watch is... Cars Three. I walked away and smoked a joint for that because you're allowed to smoke a joint there. Um, nice. The minions are like Doctor. You know the cartoon Doctor Evil Minions movies. Yeah, Despicable Me. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. Despicable Me Four, whatever. Hey, that was a good movie. Hey, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not knocking think... the first one. I'm knocking like the third one. Uh, which was there a third one? I've seen. Yeah, the there second was a third one. one. I don't know. It's it's the one that made me get up and go oh. smoke a joint because it was totally because it was totally <laughs> legal. Movie theaters are such a thing where there there are all these reactions that you get from a crowd. Oh, definitely. And, and and that you feed off right. of it. It's just like whenever you go to some type of sports ball game. Oh my god! One of my favorite things is to sit in a theater that's a packed theater that's replaying Terms of Endearment. Oh wow! <laughs> that sounds rough. <laughs> I don't even know if I would do that. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I hear you saying. Hey, Mark. Hey, Dan. What's going on? Not much. Not much. I'm just figuring out ways to shove portions of Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast into Thunder Talk and and even chunks of Thunder Talk into Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Yeah. I love crossovers. You know, that's my thing. That's your jam, yo. Those of our Thunder faithful that listen to Mark and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast, we have an episode coming up in about four or five months. We record these, we get them in the can. It's a very professional setup, not a whole lot like Thunder Talk here, where where we get everything knocked out of the park ahead of time. So we're going to give you a glimpse into the future. Again, you're not going to hear these episodes, this episode, for about another th- three months, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Uh, I'm Dan Clink here with Mark McRae, and we're going to get into where art meets commerce, where where toys meet tunes. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. It's going really great. Uh, really looking forward to diving into this really interesting topic. Oh yeah, right. I mean, today when you look around, it's 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 all it all seems to be as one. It's inescapable. I, I might even argue it's it's even less than what it used to be. You say back in the '80s, where you have uh, a, an animation property and you have a toy tied into it. You know, a lot of the 1980 toy shows, such as He-Man and G.I. Joe and Transformers, in my opinion, they sort of get a bad rap because cartoons and toys and merchandising has been around for such a long time. And I guess mainly because a lot of the shows from the 80s started out as toys first, and then the animated or live-action series was produced after the fact. There's sort of this snobbery about these shows not following the normal formula of the cartoon being produced first and then the toy coming out 
afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're definitely going to be diving face face first into all of that. Right. Uh, but speaking about it always being around, yeah, we uh, we step back uh, darn near 100 years to start getting our first examples, don't we? Right, right. Yeah. In fact, the Walt Disney Company was like one of the first animation companies, studios, to take advantage of the whole merchandising uh, business plan. That is no surprise. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if you know the story of Walt Disney, there was a lot of early struggle in the beginning, you know, trying to establish his animation studio. And Disney figured out very quickly that if I have merchandise that are tied to my characters, that merchandise will help me to, you know, keep the lights on and pay my animators and all this other fun stuff. So it's pretty cool. 1923, I believe. Yep, yep, 1923. So that was like the first product that came out, and it was a children's slate board that, which I guess would be like a a chalkboard chalkboard, today. Yeah, chalkboard uh, that kids could take to school with them and you know use the chalkboard to you know learn their abcs and their arithmetic problems all of that stuff right and i'm sure that the labeling had nothing but mickey mouse around the frame of the slate board yeah hey friends go out there if you can find an example of this send it to the best that it is of our lives.com yeah send us a pic of this or or our facebook uh tbs oolp yeah on right. Facebook, go ahead and shoot on us an Facebook. image of that, and we'll uh, we'll mention you on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. I also feel like um, because there were only a certain amount of toy manufacturers back in the day, I feel like a lot of those products made in the early 1920s and 30s and 40s had a really good quality to them. Right. You know, right. in, in terms of, you know, how they were being made and, and the products that they were using. Well, you know, and, and speaking to that, uh, certainly the it was, it was higher quality and, and better materials than you may see in a lot of toys today. At the same time, right. they kind of had no choice. I mean, right. even even plastic wasn't a fully realized uh, commodity back then. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because um, plastic is everywhere these days. Right. But back in the early days, it uh, it would be uh, financially unadvisable to uh, try to make things out of plastic. Yeah, or just straight up impossible. <laughs> I mean, you know, the things were right, made in diecast yeah. because they could only be made in diecast. Right, right. Yeah, so the technology to manufacture plastic on a assembly line. Right. <laughs> uh, just that technology did not exist. And so, you know, you had really good products, but it was still sort of considered like an aftermarket. Well, then that led us into, if we were st- sticking with Disney, right. go, making, you know, really one of the, uh, the first lasting forays into the merchandise market. They were able to turn a lot of those profits into their first five animated classics first one being snow white 1937 yes absolutely uh snow white is what they refer to as uh, disney's folly because they didn't think that the amount of money he was putting into the production costs of this movie they didn't think that he was going to you know get any of his money back right so the public was pretty wrong about (laughs) about snow white and uh it, it made money and did well it did cost a lot to make 
And uh, the next feature, Pinocchio, was probably even more expensive than used a lot of new animation techniques. Right. But uh, it failed at the box office because uh, lack of European distribution. Things were happening in Europe. Europe was at war. World War II, is, yeah. they were in full swing in Europe. And that was an entire market. It was like a black hole. It was dead to them. It was right. a revenue stream. Right. So that was something that was unexpected that uh, no studio could ever plan for. You right. know, you're making a movie, you're not going to, you know, put in your financial strategy. Well, maybe I'll cut start cutting costs now right. because I, I think there's going to be a war and I won't be able to distribute my film. No, I mean, February 1940, the, the war broke out August of 39 in Europe. There's no way. Right. That 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 sucker was launched. There was no recall right. on that. It was coming right. out as it was going to come out. Well, then there was kind of a one-two punch when they released Fantasia yes. earlier in 1940, mm-hmm. November 1940. But that failed because it kind of fell on deaf ears. Right. <laughs> right? People were sort of expecting something similar to Snow White and Pinocchio, and it was totally experimental and Disney allowed his animators to do whatever they wanted. And so for the animators, I think it was great. A lot of great, wonderful experiment, you know, experimentation and animation and doing things that they had never done before. But I just think that Fantasia was just a little bit too much for the public in 1940. Too too much high art, too highfalutin. Yeah. Oh, very. Yes. High art for sure. And it also did not help the fact, it didn't help that Disney insisted that the theater owners, the movie theater owners buy the uh, $85,000 worth of surround sound equipment. Oh, wow. uh, Known as Fantasound. Right. Uh, that was equipped for Fantasia. And in some cases, they had to take, they had to buy the equipment. And so, you know, that also kind of turned movie theater owners off from wanting to air something. Right. I mean, $85,000 calculated into today's uh, inflation rate, it's like, you know, probably close to a million and $87 trillion. <laughs> And because also because of what was going on in Europe. Yeah, that wasn't going to fly. It just wasn't going to fly. Hey, everybody, rehaul your, yeah, right. Rehaul your whole sound system and, oh, and you can buy it from me. No. Right. No. Think about it. Like your whole distribution market in Europe is cut. Right. And you were anticipating on making your money back yep. with this, with the European market. And, you know, it's still that way today. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. When, when your blockbuster comes out, Everyone's relying on the foreign markets. Oh, gosh. uh, Your favorite movie might open in China or maybe in the UK, and then it'll come to America. And uh, this was just kind of unfortunate. Oh, Um, you know, so many, so many blockbusters, if you will, are saved by the foreign market. Right. These days. (laughs) Yeah. I won't, I won't mention what movie. No, we won't, we won't mention the DC movie that we're thinking of right now. No, but. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I think since Pinocchio and Fantasia failed to make any money, Disney decided that Dumbo was going to bring in a cash infusion into the studio. Right. Because Bambi would already have been in the works. Right. Bambi would have been more in the vein of Fantasia or or Pinocchio Snow White in terms of budget, uh, artistic vision and quality. I mean, I just get the feeling that Dumbo was bumped up on the schedule because, man, we we need some cash. 
Well, we need a hit. Dumbo was supposed to be a short, and then mm. it got expanded. But like in terms of length in Disney movies, it's like one of the shortest. Right. Um, I think it's like a little over 60 minutes. Right. I feel like Disney didn't have much of a choice here because they needed to bring some money in. And while I think the merchandising was helping a great deal, and they definitely probably made merchandising money off of Dumbo as well, you know, having a, a lesser animated product that didn't have all the bells and whistles that you're used to on a Disney movie. And also the extra value of having merchandising money coming in, it was like a really good plan to keep things moving along. It's where it's where and it's where the commerce beat out the art. Exactly. Exactly. Did you ever wonder why there are 24-hour kid networks? In my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, I write about how Saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24-hour kid network. My book covers the big bang of the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of Saturday morning's last hurrah, the 1990s. You can purchase my book by going to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com and I will ship you a signed copy. It seems like COVID has brought out a lot of Karens, like more Karens than I than you usually see. You know, there used to be like one Karen per hundred people right. or per thousand people. Now I'm like, there is so there are a it's lot like of like one Karens. in every five, yo, one in every five. <laughs> it's, it's, like, well, it's like the rest of them have been nesting. Like you've seen the, the alien movies, yeah. right? Yeah. How they only send the aliens at you that they think they need to. Otherwise, the rest of them are all kind of hunkered down around the eggs, around the queen. You know, yeah, until until you start, like, really blowing shit up. Until the space marines show up, then all the Karens, like, freak out. Yeah, but there is, like, one instance where the Karens actually did some good because the Lowe's Foods grocery store used to make it just, you know, just a minor suggestion for their employees to wear masks and gloves. And then when a Karen found somebody in the meat department not wearing that and just talking to their coworker while they were cutting up the cold cuts and then they complained to the manager and corporate and all that and now Lowe's Foods makes all their employees do masks and gloves. Holy sh I, I will I so I, I will say like that that's where we will see a lot of changes for sure. Like corporations uh, you know like food processors or servers and things like that it will be required for a while and i just found a use for all these goddamn karens the the fda <laughs> has been under uh, funded has been understaffed for decades decades <laughs> you know that's no joke go look it up man you know no, what i'm talking about you, you've seen the articles you've seen this, the articles right just pack yeah. them with fucking karens man Get those Karens in the field, and I promise you, foodborne illness will just drop. Well, well they're not afraid to talk. I'm they're not afraid to talk to your manager. They're not afraid to make change happen. Yeah, make the yeah. Karens the managers. No, 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 well, no, 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 no. Agents, no, no. F FDA agents or inspectors. FDA make inspectors. the Karens FDA inspectors. inspectors. You know, yeah. yeah. A manager, we've gone no, too far. No, no, you know, like, <laughs> no. Rule number two, rule, rule number, Isaac Asimov, I think if we look at the second rule of Karenotics, is that no Karen 
<laughs> may may be the boss of another Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The, the highest form of rule will be a council of Karens. Oh, no, that would be a renegade type fucking scenario, bro. That'd be a two hundred million. That's a two hundred million dollar Hollywood movie right there. Yeah, the Council of Cairns want to speak to your gods. Yeah, that's 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 war against the machine, bro. That's like if, if a Council of Cairns were to you know run like the response team for pandemics and stuff, I bet they would be pretty effective. You know, but they will be yelling at everybody all the time. Well, do they become cannibalistic <laughs> when left to themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) There's a whole movement. Have you guys seen this movement about all these Karens, like backlashing, like not all Karens, and please stop making fun of Karens? Yes. Yes, but I've also seen other memes where, uh, you know, other Karens are like, hey, y'all entitled bitches. It's because of how you act of why they are saying Karen. It's not about you, yeah, even, Karen. Even. It's 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 the idea of somebody that is so entitled yeah. that they force their ideas upon other people. And it's yeah. Uh, I saw something that was like calling women Karen is like putting us down for standing up for ourselves or something like that. And it's like no. It's like dropping the n bomb. I saw one where it says it's like using the n word. One where somebody yeah, uh, no. made it, and it's like, look, if you can't even say the word, then it's fucking worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we we don't call it the K word. Don't act like a Karen if you don't want to be called Karen. Like, don't be a jerk for no reason and feel entitled. You know, yeah. Every, every time it's somebody that is extremely entitled, and yes. they they are overstepping. And um, condemning other people whenever they're the ones that are acting asinine. Yeah, I think it's too soon, Karen. I think you're asking for, for <laughs> to go back to regular civilian status is just too soon. Uh, denied. Denied. Go stand next to the OK Boomers. We'll review your case in six months. <laughs> see, see, see. Go ahead and get a meme team together to try to convince us in, in, in the meme time. You know, and then whenever there's like the perfect storm, when it's a boomer Karen, I oh mean, my God. all bets are yeah. off. <laughs> no, look out. It's like a tsunami. Look out. Leading a fire team of killer hornets. Mm. Oh, those murder hornets? Yeah. I've been telling people oh, about murder those. hornets, yeah. Murder hornets. Where did these sons? I mean, they came from Japan. I can tell you all. About, dude, I've been studying them for over ten years. I know all about the murder hornets. They're, I swear to God, they're a trip. The Japanese honeybee is the only honeybee that has a defense. Now check this out. When a murder hornet descends upon your hive, you're fucked. Because like they eat like a hundred bees, or they'll they can kill like a hundred sixty thousand certain- bees in one night. Were destroyed, confirmed destroyed in uh, Washington, Washington State. 60,000 bees and these bees it's <laughs> it's they're yeah they've got their stingers and their venom but they just eat the f- they just bite the heads off they go frenzy they go they go uh oh what's what's the what's Full that shark. viking term yeah berserk berserker <laughs> right so who counted all the bee corpses uh bee corpse counter no that's totally it's just an intern that that's <laughs> so the japanese honeybee the csi intern the japanese honeybee is figured out the Asian murder hornet dies 
at 113 degrees Fahrenheit. The Japanese honeybee will die at 117 degrees Fahrenheit. So when the murder wasp rolls into a Japanese honeybee hive, instead of attacking it and failing, they invite it into the hive and then they swarm it. They form a ball around it, right? And as they do, they're beating their wings as hard as they can. And they increase the temperature of the hive to 115 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, well there you go. I mean. The Japanese murder hornet, they cruise around in groups of four or five. And when they find a hive, they'll park on a branch across from the hive and they'll scope it out. And they send one dude over there. And the one dude gets over there and he starts being attacked and he starts ripping the bees apart. He's like, you know, I'm, I, again, I, I think of them speaking in Viking, but basically, you know, come on, y'all. Come on, Eggle. It, let's rip this place apart. And then they do. Yeah. Well, hold my beer. There's one that goes in and then gets killed. They kill it with heat, uh, with heat stroke. What do all be, what do bees do when a foreign object is in their hive that they need to remove? They grab the shit and they just toss it out the door. They just, they literally, no bull, they just throw it out the window. And what they do is they throw the carcass of this hornet out the window in full view of the three, four other hornets are, that are waiting for a report. And they see the carcass and they're like, ah, yeah, all right, well, this. That's like a fantasy movie where like they, the, they decapitate the person, you know, the invading people and then they throw it out and they put it, their head on a spike kind of thing in front of the castle. I mean, yeah, it's no, it's exactly what that is. Thing. It's sending a message. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. COVID and murder, murder hornets. And Karens. And Karens. Welcome to the Double Feature Picture Show. What do you want to see? Well, I want to see something really good and something really bad. Like maybe Total Recall and Junior? Sure. Or The Rocketeer and Country Bears? Absolutely. Maybe even Dogma and Yoga Hoses? I mean, of course. Who programs such cinematic excellence and hot garbage together? Why, only the double-edged double bill, my good man. Available on the ESO Network and wherever you get podcasts. Live from Studio A, WTLK, The Thunder. Not a whole lot in the way of news compared to last week's Everything is Delayed for the Next 100 Billion Months. But uh, something something that's fairly major is that freaking Boba Fett will be in The Mandalorian Season 2 and is set to have an even bigger part in Season 3. He'll be played by Tamura Morrison, who played Jango Fett and all the clones, and of course Aquaman's dad. It's not Star Wars, but that movie still rules. Also, for sure, the pandemic is not delaying the release of Season 2, so, you know, there are some victories in 2020. I hope you all had an excellent May the 4th. If you somehow don't already know, Rise of Skywalker is on Disney+. Clone Wars finally wrapped up and the ending was just as much of a bummer as you would think, and the premiere of a new behind-the-scenes series for The Mandalorian premiered where it's behind-the-scenes stuff and roundtable talks with Jon Favreau and other people involved in the show. It's pretty cool. On the Marvel front, new comics are officially returning to the world on May 27th, same day as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Also, you know how I don't like to talk about rumors or maybes. 
unless it's fun. If the word out there in internet land is WWE superstar Becky Lynch will be joining the Marvel Universe in an as yet unnamed movie. That news is put kind of into question as she announced on the May 11th Monday Night Raw that she's pregnant, but she's due in December and we all know damn well she ain't filming before then. For more on that, you should check out the Ring of Thunder. On the DC-ish front, while the seasons of most remaining Arrowverse shows are wrapping up, Mortal Kombat 11 is releasing an aftermath story mode, and the most important takeaway is that it comes with character DLC where you can play as fucking Robocop. And there's no better ending to WTLK than that. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Everybody outro. Everybody. Outro. outro. It's the outro. 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 Everybody. Thunder talk tonight. Ooh. The outro's back. All right. Wow. That, that was that actually really scary. No, it was I amazing. Mean, like, was it, amazing. if there was like. That was that was, a, that was a gift to Thunderkind right there. Oh, yeah. Hashtag blessed. Oh. Hashtag thunder blessed. K to say. Would you spell K to say for me? K T S E A. K T S E A. Yeah, it's spelled exactly as it sounds. Yeah. No, yeah. not it's not. It's so fucking <laughs> not. Oh, no. So uh, K T A S E A. Yeah. Hey. K T S E A. So the first initial of my first name, my middle name, and the first initial of my last name. So I know it's a crazy concept. No, well, it's like what the so. Hebrew language, uh, the characters are both alphabetic and alphanumeric. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to try to crack like like the end time revelations hidden in the Dead Sea Scrolls, just apply Kavika's name to it over and over and over again. <laughs> 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 You're not wrong. Yeah, I'm really not. <laughs> Adam. Hi. <laughs> Where can everybody find you, Adam? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Dan. You can find me on the Ring of Thunder podcast, which is my wrestling podcast, and you can find me on the Facebooks, Twitters, and Instagrams at Thunder Talk Thor where I talk about Ring of Thunder, Ring of Thunder, more Ring of Thunder, and uh, how much I want a burrito. Mm, too. Burrito. Like last night, I had 15 minutes to get to Taco Bell, and it was uh, before it closed. So, you know, it's 10, it's a quarter to 11. It's it's COVID times. So, of course, my eight-year-old daughter is up and hanging out with me. So we jump in the car, and we haul ass to Taco Bell, and it was a lie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we're closed. Anyway, Jack in the Box. They had shakes. They had big-ass bacon burgers that I bought on a whim. And the kids and I, like, totally powered up with chocolate shakes and bacon burgers. There you go. Till about 2 and 30 in the morning. That sounds incredible. Uh, yeah, but don't tell the school board no. or, like, the law or, like, certain relatives. Now I just want a bacon burger, man. I know. But it isn't Wendy's? Like, aren't they out of meat? Like, Wendy's doesn't even have burgers, you know, because they, they can't get their meat. Isn't that crazy? Do we we don't have a meat problem down here, do we, Adam? I haven't seen a single meat issue. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs>
But it's funny though that uh, Wendy's ran out of beef because, I mean, for, for years I've gotten their spicy chicken sandwiches anyway, so well, no, dude. that affects me none. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's funny is the old lady from the 80s, we got the beef. Or, or yeah. where's the beef? No, where's, where's, the, the, beef? where's, the, where's beef? the beef? Yeah. Well, it's not at Wendy's, I guess. Where? Where's the beef, Dan? Where's the beef? Hey, the beef can be found at... Th this th is just th another example of going to, like, those impossible burgers and stuff. But that's Burger King thing, right? Oh, yeah, I had one of those. That was... Uh, I thought it was a little overpriced, but uh, I guess that's the price. It's not, yeah. That's, it's not terrible. No, I enjoyed it. I was cool with it. I was totally cool with it. I would eat another. Oh, they're just as processed as anything oh, else. Oh yeah, that's, no, there's no god. There, there's the no trick. god in that patty. If you're looking for, if you're <laughs> looking for salvation, it's not in one of those. <laughs> but but there's no meat. There's no Did, meat. Was death yes, was it, death it's... required for it? Absolutely. <laughs> but is there any beef in there? No. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to produce. It's equally not healthy for you. Right. So there you go. It meets. All the aspects of being a burger. It meets the meat standards. Yeah, it meets the minimum requirements. Yes, the Council of Karens, the Department of Meat, <laughs> the, the Meaty Karens. Yeah, let's get Karen. They let's approve. get Karen on that. Let's get Karen on the case. The yes. Meaty Karens. That's a good band name. Yeah, <laughs> 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 and then Thunder Talk is thundertalk.org. Death. Uh, your stuff. Tell them where your stuff is. Uh, you can find me at mixer.com slash Noplahoma, or you can find me on the Twitters at Noplahoma. Opposite with L's. Uh, Mark, Mark McCray, Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. That's at tbsoolp.com. Uh, or just type in Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast in your podcatcher of choice, because we're there. We're there for you right now. You can also find us at Thundertuck Pod on Twitter and Instagram and the old Facebooky. And the old Facebooky. Yes, that's right. And don't forget to look for me, your absolute favorite here at Thundertalk. Find me at k to say Rambles On on Twitter. I will have an amazing conversation with you. Have a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, whatever. You know, just be good to each other. Live your best life. is a production of the Weirdos Workshop with special guest star Mark McRae, Michael Hagen, and Oak Top. And a special thank you to Amanda Bones of Hell to Pay Management for introducing Michael and I. Starring Kavika Allo, Adam Wedston, Beth Allo, and Dan Klink. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Talk to Kavika while you can. Kavika's like three episodes from being gone and doing her own spinoff <laughs> project. So Yeah, her, her contract runs... Uh out after that and she's been really iffy about a renewal yeah i'm, I'm just saying 
you guys, if you want to get those autographs, if you want to, if, if you want something that's going to appreciate, appreciate Kavika right now. Yeah, and unlike the beef at Wendy's, she will not be back, probably. <laughs> you know, Kavika is the beef of this show. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek.